goodness. That sounds awesome. Oh, I'm so uh, grateful that you're here. Thank you so much for joining me. Yes, yes, I'm happy to be here. How do I sound? Do I sound okay? Yeah, you sound great. You sound great as well. Thanks. That's our sound check. <laughs> <laughs> well, welcome to No Thanks But Yes, this Freedom From Addiction podcast, chill conversations with splendid people uh, who've overcome chaotic substance relationships via many, many pathways and are um, living pretty groovy lives right now, doing cool things and stuff. And I rolled up on you on social media and have been really digging on your Instagram feed. And that's how I found you. I've pretty much uh, season one began with going through all my friends <laughs> and then, uh, you know, going through some friends of their friends. And now um, I, I'm to the point of making new friends. And, and, I, and I hope that that's, that's what happens. That's awesome. Hey, keep it going. I think it's great. That's how we stay on this pathway, in my opinion, is continue networking and fellowshipping. So I'm all Ooh, for it. Right on. Give it a name. Continue networking and fellowshipping. Well, on No Thanks But Yes, we introduce ourselves. Tell me your name and however you want to introduce yourself. What's that 30-second pitch? How do you identify? 30-second pitch. My <laughs> name is Keola Rains. I'm a certified nutrition coach, and I am a peer support specialist. I never planned on being a recovery coach, but that is where my recovery led me. I'm a mom. I'm a wife. I am a daughter and sister, and I am a woman in recovery from alcohol. Right on. A woman in recovery. So you identify as, as a person in recovery. And uh, we ask everyone, you know, kind of what that means to you. We have a, we have a, a pretty nice uh, collective um, consensus driven uh, uh, definition from SAMHSA, you know, for, for advocacy purposes, for academia. Uh, we don't necessarily get into, you know, what you put in you or what you put on you, but kind of, um, you know, what does, what does recovery mean to you? Yeah. Recovery means that I am intentionally growing, intentionally evolving, intentionally healing. I am showing up for myself, learning how to use boundaries, which I never used to know <laughs> about before. I, I also put myself intentionally in fellowship. That's a really big part of recovery to me. It means that instead of isolating myself and overusing or misusing a substance, I abstain from the substance and I put myself intentionally into fellowship with other people who understand the journey. A lot of recovery is about work. It's about showing up and doing work. That might mean working with a therapist. That could mean working with a life coach or a counselor of some kind, someone who is there guiding you along the way, encouraging you, supporting you. The big piece about recovery is that returning to something stable, returning to something peaceful, returning to some kind of balance in my life. When I was not in recovery, my life was shaky, <laughs> unstable, not a lot of balance, a lot of chaos. And so recovery for me means getting myself back to a place of stability. Um, I don't want to say normal because what is normal anyways, but stability and balance and, and really having a strong foundation. 
right on what is normal i dig it um it's intentional yeah it is work it is connection with others and for you you value um stability you know Mm -hmm. uh, the absence of chaos i am really yeah i like it i am a mom though so chaos i'm a mom of a two-year-old so (laughs) it's i it's accepting that my personal, my personal inside of me, there's no more chaos outside of me. Hey, I, I have no control really over, <laughs> over the whole world, but what's going on in my mind is peace. Yeah. Life do show up yes. for sure. And I am a father of four children, the youngest of which celebrated his 23rd birthday today, but he was two once. Oh yes. my goodness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> for sure. Oh, I feel you. Well, thank you for um thank you for not presenting recovery as um, you know, all rainbows and unicorns. The fact is life does show up, but you've changed, Keola. Yeah. Yeah. Not yeah. all rainbows at all. There's definitely challenges. Growing pains, right? Is that what they call it? Growing pains? growing pains yeah it's all right and you know your uh wellness your wellness and and i do like a more complex approach to this wholeness of wellness of of mind and body and stuff and i think that you're into that too because one of the monikers you throw out there on your social that grabbed my attention was wellness geek yeah what's up with that yes wellness geek sharing things I believe in. So since childhood, I've been around encourage parents who encouraged us to get up and move. My dad has always been a high school football coach. He's always been up in the morning at 4 a.m. going to the gym. My mom has been an avid mover. Back in the 90s, it was Reebok step aerobics and um, Galad, bodies in motion. So movement has always been a part of my life. They were also pretty mindful about what we ate and um, just, you know, being aware that taking care of ourselves is important. I majored in kinesiology in undergrad and grad school. And so I have a real passion for the human body and movement and just the amazing gift that we have of, you know, this physical body. And I know that there, there has to be a balance of how your mind is operating and taking care of that, how your body is operating and taking care of that. And then spirit, soul, however you choose to identify that, but that part that we, you know, we can't see or touch, but we can feel it. And, um, I want to share that, especially I learned in my own journey, especially with the recovery community. I, I had no idea, obviously, but, you know, before starting my journey, how important it is to move, to be mindful of what we're consuming, not just food consuming, but visually consuming and people we put ourselves around. And then also what we're believing and having some kind of like intention and purpose for our lives. And so for me, that's what wellness means. I'm all about learning how to move more efficiently and safely, um, how to eat in the best way that we can, but also I like dessert. So I want to be able to teach people how to enjoy, you know, food and also have a healthy nutrition um, plan. And I also want to encourage people to take care of their spirit and, and their soul. That's 
the the way you talk about food which is 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 a part of the joy in my life but i also recognize the potential health hazard you you seem to be taking a, a harm reduction approach or or a risk reduction approach yet still um still uh um acknowledging the pleasure involved as well i dig that so much as opposed to to a, to an abstinence all or nothing approach which it would be difficult with food would it not um, yeah, all or nothing. That's not gonna. That's not going to work long term. You can fast for a while. Yeah. In and when I talk about fasting or when I teach about fasting, you could do that for mental strength for a spiritual spiritual purpose. But you're gonna have to eat. You're mm. gonna have to eat again at yeah. some point. <laughs> Even the Buddha had to throw down a little rice, right? We must eat. <laughs> right on. Oh. I love it so much. Thank you for sharing that because I do like to indulge. Um, I, I am a person in sustained recovery now and 18 years into my process of wellness. But I do also acknowledge that 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 I engage in some substance intake and some behaviors that spike my neurotransmitter activity to give me a sense of of, of occasionally maybe even euphoria or connection yeah. with others, but it's a manageable relationship today. Yeah. I'm grateful for that. Um, so, oh, wellness, we crushed that. I want to talk to tell me, tell me what you do in this space. Tell me what, uh, yeah, we're going to talk about what you do kind of professionally in this space. And then we're going to talk about what you do for fun. Yeah. And, you know, then we throw down, we do, we drop the mic. Yeah. So I randomly, well, I don't know if it was random. I guess it was divine design ended up as a coach in the recovery space. It started off with me facilitating meetings in a small support group. And after facilitating meetings for a little over a year, I realized how important that was for me to show up in, in the community in that way. I was invited to teach a workshop on Reframe, which is um, a quitting alcohol app in a virtual community. And after that workshop, the feedback was really, really great. And they asked me to come back to do another workshop. I said, sure, I'll do another workshop. We're, I was doing goal setting workshops at that time. And that led to an invitation to facilitate a meeting on their app. And from that, that led to Hey, lots of people want to work with you. They liked your meetings. They want to work with you one-on-one. -on -one. Do you want to do some coaching? And I said, you know what? Why not? Because I know the benefit that I experienced in working with a sponsor for a period of time and having someone to guide me, someone to just share, connect with. Sometimes you need to just check in with somebody, especially early on in the journey. And I knew that that was very valuable and powerful. I had 15 years of experience coaching. It was fitness coaching and nutrition coaching. And I realized I could still use fitness and nutrition coaching as a foundation to help folks build some goals and some intentions in their sobriety recovery. I have some clients who are still sober curious. They're, they're still not sure if they want this to be forever, ever, never, ever again. Um, but my job is to be the consistent, aware um, foundation for them to check into that holds space for them to share how they're feeling, 
reflects their thoughts back to them and then give encouragement, suggestions, ways that we can continue moving forward. I do incorporate some fitness and nutrition in that. It's optional. Not everyone has to choose that as part of their goal, but I've realized that it really makes a difference when we focus on all of the things that we are going to do and can do versus just the, I'm not going to drink or I'm not going to use, I'm not going to use, I'm not. And it's like, okay, we know that. We know that. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Let's talk about that. And so I coach in Reframe. I facilitate meetings in the Reframe app. I also lead a workshop in Sober Mom Squad, a quarterly goal setting workshop. And I just recently signed on with Recovered Life, which is um, a platform that offers meetings and coaching as well. So all around, I'm a support. I'm a supporter. I'm here to help folks either get sober, learn about sobriety, enhance their recovery journey with wellness, with nutrition, with goal setting, um, or simply be that, that person that they can reach out to talk about the challenges of sobriety, talk about the challenges of recovery. And then also, of course, celebrate. We got to celebrate the wins, right celebrate on. the milestones as well. Yeah. So I really, I, I feel extremely blessed, lucky, grateful, all of those things. I, I did not go to college and major in kinesiology and think someday I'm going to be a recovery coach. That's, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to, you know, really get wild and crazy for 20 years. <laughs> and then I'm going to finally get my, get it together. And I'm going to be, that's not what I thought. No. I never thought about like a career in this field. And so seeing it all fall into place, it's like this, oh, okay. I see what was, I see why this is happening. And I'm like, I'm all for it. I'm very grateful. I'm all for it. Oh, it sounds wonderful. It sounds like deeply meaningful work. It sounds like you're good at it too, because I'm feeling a little moved right now to, you know, celebrate and um, moderate. And what can I do? What do I do? I love all of that philosophy. It's brilliant, you know? And um, I guess I would throw out one thing is uh, one thing I've discovered lately coming from a pretty traditional addiction treatment and recovery support services background and then working so much in public health and learning more about harm reduction uh, philosophy is this celebration of any positive change, not a predetermined, did you pop the ribbon? Did you, did you achieve the goal? Did you get there? But like, are, are you going there? And what did you do? Little, little stuff. And I'm digging that so much. Yeah. Yeah. Right on. Well, I love what you do. And, and when we put this podcast out there, I'll throw in links to what, what you do and all that stuff. Um, now, you know, currently, you know, if we can get dark for a second, the country is yeah. experiencing a crisis of loneliness and despair and unwellness. Appropriately, we are. I uh, even even I ex consider myself an extremely well person, and I too was visited by dementors on the regular over the last several years. Mm -hmm. um, wow, that was just too much of a of a setup, but. Talk, talk to me about what you do for fun and, and what you do for self-care and, and 
uh, and I understand that there's a lot of intersection and many of our guests, uh, it's like, well, I just finished telling you what I do for fun. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> but sometimes there's a little compartment between what we get paid to do and what we do for fun and stuff like that. So yeah, I, I really make an effort to have those be completely different things. So Monday, Wednesday, and Friday in a week, I make myself fully available for my clients for facilitating meetings and for work. So those are the days I'm working. Tuesdays and Thursdays, I'm doing stuff like this. I'm on podcasts. I'm doing planning meetings for other different fun events. Um, I'm working on a project with the Phoenix, which is a uh, a sober community. So it's brainstorming meetings on Tuesdays, which to me, that's fun. Planning for an event to see something come to life is really fun. Um, I'm taking certification courses or continuing education. Again, that's the wellness geek part where people are like, that's fun. That's fun for you. Yes. I'm reading, <laughs> I'm reading parenting books. I'm learning. I am a lifelong learner. I love to learn. And then when it just comes to you know, just kind of kicking back, relaxing and spending time with my son and really making an effort to put my attention and my intention around him and, and, you know, what's fun for him off to the park walks. I also work with a trainer who I absolutely love. My coach is crazy. He's, he's crazy. He's legitimately crazy. And I love that. I need that style of mindset motivation. Um, and I like to organize. I'm a Virgo. So I like to organize and, and throw things away and declutter. That's literally fun for me. Um, I have a bit of curiosity about astrology. And so I have a few people whose birth charts I've calculated and to just dabbling in, in all things woo-woo. Right on. Crystals and birth charts and astrology and, and all that good stuff. That's you'll, you'll find me either organizing, chasing my son, reading about being a good parent, um, on recording a podcast or planning some really awesome upcoming event. Okay. Oh, you know, even, even your description of what you do for fun was organized. <laughs> I yeah. think, no, I mean, my brain is working. No, I could use more teachers like you. That's great. Um, uh, <laughs> And um, a little bit of woo-woo, a little bit of magic. I, I love a little bit of magic. Yeah. Um, my, uh, my last guest, um, you know, often I engage in a lot of um, uh, policy advocacy and anti-stigma work. And um, so I don't talk about magic. I talk about privilege and I talk about dumb luck, you know, and I call it that. And let's go about Let's go about um, standardizing what, you know, this white dude stumbled into for everyone. Right. And, uh, and he's like, yeah, but there's magic too, right? And I'm like, yeah, there is. There's totally <laughs> magic. I just don't talk about it when I'm doing policy. Uh, yeah, blah, blah, blah. Well, now I think we are at the point that I don't want, you know, set the expectation too high for you but this is you know this is kind of a drop the mic moment um yeah do you have a final message for for listeners my final message put yourself first put yourself first especially when you're on this recovery sobriety journey for a long time 
I know I was putting other people and expectations and friendships and relationships ahead of what was best for me, which increased my anxiety, which increased my use. When I learned that I was valuable, that I am valuable, that I'm deserving, that's when I started learning how to take care of myself. So I put myself at the top of my list. It's hard to do that as a parent. And it might not look, I'm not saying push everyone to the side and and be selfish. I'm saying that you need to take care of yourself, put yourself at the top of your list, and then work your way down caring for others, especially the people that are in leadership or um, coaching or counseling. The other thing I want to say, this is what I believe. I believe that when we're learning to live substance-free, that we can keep some of the rituals and change the recipe. So specifically for my substance, I can see five o'clock hit. I can realize I really liked to go in the kitchen, get the ice out, get the shaker and get some, you know, something together and make it. I still do that. I just leave out the, the ingredient that was taking my life to a really dark place. So I keep that same ritual. I keep that routine. I use a new, new recipe for it. And that has been very helpful for lots of folks because it's it gives you the freedom to do something that you do enjoy. You thoroughly enjoyed the sound of the shaker and salting the rim and getting that nice glass for out. Let's do that. Let's put something different in that cup and still walk through those steps. Now, that might not be for everybody, but that's something that I believe. Keep the ritual, change the routine. So put yourself first for the first time, because you were not putting yourself first. You were putting the substance first. Put yourself first, keep the ritual, change the recipe. That's fire. <laughs> I almost want to end it here, but I, you know, I, I am a coach as well. And, and it's all about reflecting. Did I hear what you said yeah. and how did it impact me? And um, put yourself first. We are often in recovery from substance use disorder, raised up in a social culture where we're taught not to put ourselves first, that that's actually the source of our illness. But you clarify that, you know, no, I'm not talking about being selfish. And I am a parent and, and there are other things. However, there's nuance to this, put yourself first. And, but, and I'm, I was savvy to that concept, but this one about uh, changing the ingredients, um, I, that, that resonated with me because, you know, in, in the chaos of my life, there was often some white powder involved. And yeah. now I'm kind of into bacon. And so <laughs> I'm yeah. tapping on flour on the counter now and then, you know, <laughs> making some cookies. <laughs> yeah, turn it into something fun. Sugar, powdered sugar, rolling it up and making the dough. Oh using your hands. You're still using your hands. You're still in the kitchen. You're still cooking, right? We're just, we got a new recipe. We have a new recipe to it. Brilliant. It works. Well, I, I think you're splendid. And uh, I hope that we can continue to connect. I'll be deliberate about that myself. I understand. Yes. I understand. All right. Thank you for having me. I, I'm really excited. I appreciate it. <laughs>